saints. Welcome into the house of the Lord. Maybe you just go to the key of A flat if you would please, brother. Could we sing together number 903? Do you know what it is not to have one guilty feeling? Do you know what it is? Have you experienced what it is to be washed in the blood of the Lamb? We're going to commemorate that today with our communion service this evening. We're certainly looking forward to a wonderful time in the presence of our Lord. We do want to greet you if you're visiting. Say God bless you to all those on the internet. Amen. But let's just let the Lord have his way. You don't need five or six songs from me to get you into an atmosphere of praise. We can all enter in together and just have a blessed time. So let's sing this together. Do you know what it is? Oh, do you know what it is not to have one guilty feeling, not to wonder where you're going when you die? You're not condemned of the past and not afraid of what's 
praise our God. Oh, when I'm in need, I call on the Lord. Oh, yes, and he hears me. Yes, he helps me.
What a God we serve this morning. Aren't you glad to be a Christian? Glad to be counted amongst the redeemed? Amen. Maybe the brothers could just prepare for the morning offering at this time if they would come. And Brother Kyle, you had to know I was going to call you down to pray. Would you come, please? It's so good to have you and your family here with us. If you could come and pray. Maybe you just play Jesus Breaks Every Fetter, if you could, please, in the same key. And do have a couple prayer requests that we want to remember this morning. Also, a word of thanks from our brother, Neil Bow. He and Sister Susan would like to thank everyone for their prayers and concerns this past week. She is doing well. There's no pain, and they are waiting on the biopsy results. The healing is going well. Amen. God bless you, Sister Sue. We'll continue to remember you. Also, there's a Sunday morning prayer request for our Sister Cora Chen. She's requesting prayer for her mother, Lee Ping. She's been battling cancer, and the tumor has gotten very large. She's asking that we would please pray for her healing and her salvation. And also a note that we would please pray for Sister Judith's husband as he had suffered a major heart attack. Just asking that the Lord would be with him and grant him healing as well during this time. Amen. But maybe we could just sing together, Jesus breaks every fetter. I don't tire of this chorus. When we get to the part, I will shout hallelujah. Let's just raise our voices and worship to the God who does the impossible. Amen. Let's sing this together. Jesus breaks pray together. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that we can shout hallelujah, Lord. You've broken so many fetters in our lives, Lord. 
fetters, Lord, that bound us mentally, physically, spiritually, Lord Jesus, and you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're thankful for another opportunity to come here this morning and gather together and say, thank you, Lord Jesus. There is no God but you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for opening up our eyes, Lord, opening up our ears, Lord Jesus, quickening our hearts, Father, for without you, we cannot see you, see truth, see the life, see the way, Lord Jesus. So I just pray you'd come this afternoon, Lord, and once more just move in our midst as we worship you, Lord. We've gathered to gather around you, Father, and we're thankful for this opportunity. May you bless who's ever speaking, Lord Jesus, just help him feel the liberty. May you unctionize him, Lord, to be able to speak words that would just edify us, transform us, Father. Lord, may you gather with us as we prepare for communion, Lord. Just may our hearts be ready. Lord, if there's things we need to make right, help us make them right, Father. Lord, there's such a blessed opportunity we have today, Lord Jesus. Help us take it for granted. Let it not pass by, Lord. Let us not take it for common, Father. We want to just press in, do what we can. Even for these needs, I'm laying my hands upon them, Lord Jesus. Lord, you were bruised for our iniquity. Lord, by your stripes, we are healed, Lord Jesus. So we may just send healing power to these who need healing, Father. Send saving power to those who need saving, Lord Jesus. We believe that in all things you'll be glorified in your time in your season you make all things beautiful lord help us trust you help us be patient we always want things to happen immediately lord but help us trust you break the fetter of impatience lord jesus help us trust you lord forgive us for being untrustworthy when time and time again you proved that we should trust you so lord we commit this afternoon this morning this whole day to your hands may you bless the offering and help us as we gather together now in jesus name amen Offering. Could you begin playing Blessed Assurance on the key of C, please? And we did have a couple announcements we wanted to share just as we take up the offering this morning. There's an announcement for young peoples this coming Friday, December the 8th. That will be at 7 p.m. At, at the BCA Devotions Room. You can contact Brother Victor if you have any questions. God bless you. And he says this will be the last one for 2023. So that's this coming Friday. Year's almost gone, my goodness. And Brother Richard also just has a reminder for the parents of the Sunday school children. They are especially asking that you would please have the children here at 945 for their singing practice for the next few weeks as they're preparing for their song for Christmas Eve. And it always is maybe a little bit unideal when you have half the children there for the song and then Sunday rolls around and everybody gets up and only half the children know the song. So I'm, I'm a parent too, so we're all going to do our best out of our kids here. And we always look forward to that and we appreciate the Sunday school and those who labor there. Amen. Sister Brianne, I'm going to ask if you would come please and get ready for your special while we sing a couple verses to this. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste. Let's sing it together. Oh, blessed assurance, Jesus is
chorus I just had in my heart I wanted to sing with you. I think most of you know it. I think you're able to get the words. It's called, I Will Praise the Lord. And if you don't know it, it's real simple. You'll learn it as Brother Murphy comes now. to him no matter what tomorrow brings because time gonna go into an eternity and one day time shall be no more and the eternity shall roll and we're gonna be forever praise our God this is only a foretaste of it if you can't praise him here you can't praise him over there this is only a little reflection but one day all we believe all the all we expecting is gonna come to become a reality to us we're very thankful to the Lord and so, um, Brother uh, Tim uh, has made this official challenge report, and it's available. Uh, if you can, uh, just after the service, that each family, you can uh, take one with you. Brother Tim and Sister Sarah put a lot of works that are in the official challenge report. And so also that in there, uh, there is uh, what uh, the Lord has done in Uganda. And so what the Lord has done in China and the different places in Ethiopia. 
And I know that there's a church that has a vision, and we always keep this vision true and go to the mission field. If you can't go, send someone to go there. Bring the word to the people. That's all that we want. And we're so thankful for the brothers that's going to work in,、uh, in this、uh, mission field. And, and from this church, there's many things has happened. And I was,、um, when I was in、uh, Dallas, and I was sharing with the people、uh, how, the, uh, how the Lord has used this little church here and reach it out、uh, around the world. And I mentioned your name, Sister TC, and the different ones, Sister Tilly. And、um, Sister Chantel, I don't want to miss it, but there's、uh, even, even just、uh, from this little church here, Brother Colbus used the、uh, program that we have.、Uh, he has a design and, uh, to uh, translate for the message. Every,、uh, every week I received a message from、uh, Brother Colbus. He said, How many sentences h a s been translated? And how many sentences、uh, Tilly has translated to Afrikaans? How many.、Uh, Uh, sentences uh, that a brother、uh, Peter and the different ones they translate into Fijian and translates to、uh, Kiruanda, Brother Eli, and all those. I, I read it, and I read it. I, I look at that, I said, Lord, what a miracle work that you have done. And all those sentences, and then I calculated all the sentences that they have translated. One word can change a person, let alone the sentence, and a sentence by sentence. And we, we reached. Uh, almost about two billion people that in the whole world.、Uh, that's uh, about uh, one third of the, all the population that in the whole world, just from this little church. And you talk about mission works, and it's done behind the scenes. It's done, it's not that maybe the,、um, uh, outspoken a lot, but the people put a lot of work in that, and we saw the result of it. We're very thankful to the Lord. And if you don't mind, I'll just invite you to、uh, turn to the scripture, the book of、uh, 1 Corinthians. Thank you, Brianna, for the song that you sing. And to the musician, Brother Ryan, thank you for、uh, you serve God with the talents the talent of the Lord to give it to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. From a verse 3. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by Him, in all utterance and in all knowledge. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's just bow our head one more time. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, how we thank you, Lord. Lord,、uh, there's no word, there's no language that on this earth can express our feeling, that our love to you, Lord. Because you made yourself so real to it, and you also make yourself so simple, 
so that a simple people like we are can grab you, Lord. But to the people in this world, with their education, with their signs, and some they try to figure that out uh, of this uh, almighty God, but they just get lost. But Lord, how we thank you that you send to the prophet. He's not educated in the theology. He's not an educator or graduated from some school that was a high polished word. But Lord, you choose him in the Kentucky Hill. And in a simple man like it is, so, can, so he can bring the God that out with a, such a reality and in a simpleness. Father, we thank you, Lord. We know that you give us this word in this hour. But Lord, it's take you to make your word become a revelation to us. Lord, we want this word to become a personal to us. Not just generally we come to the church to speak it about you and to believe it about you. But Lord, we want to have a fellowship with you. We want to have an intimacy fellowship with you. So that is not somebody else said to us, but as you speak to us. Lord, we pray this morning and tonight also speak to our heart. As this is the communion night. It's not merely just eating the bread and drinking the cup. But this is the time that we have a commune with you. Lord, we thank you. Ask you to come to reveal your word to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And Brother Bram said that in many uh, places... Uh, 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 he talked about to one day in the Garden of Eden when God has a uh, perfect fellowship uh, with Adam. And uh, so the title uh, uh, this morning will be a, a Perfect Fellowship. And we also know the fellowship is also uh, means a commune. That in the New Testament is the same word, fellowship and commune. So you, have, you can fellowship uh, with other people. Uh, you must be fellowshiped among, uh, upon the common ground. That the people can fellowship together. And uh, the human being cannot uh, fellowship just with a dog. No matter how the person is a, a good trainer of the dog. But there was no fellowship there. Because there was a totally two level. Uh, they couldn't understand each other. You might be understand but the dog cannot understand what the humans go through. The dog cannot understand what is the human language, how high level that a human species that is a wave above them. The dog cannot understand the house, why you're living in a house. And the dog will be very satisfied to just give him a kennel or live on the grass or something like that. But for you to do that, you wouldn't do it because you're the human being. But for God to have a perfect fellowship that Adam, uh, with Adam, Adam must be like God so God can fellowship with him. Because they must be common, have a common fellowship on the common ground. Otherwise, uh, the fellowship is a not. There is no way for the person to uh, fellowship with God. But in the beginning, God had the perfect fellowship with Adam. But that fellowship was broken because sin entered it in. So when sin came in, uh, the, the perfect fellowship was similar. So there's no a misunderstanding between uh, Adam and God. There's no... Uh, 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 you know, when God speaks, Adam know, and Adam had answered. But when sin came in, sin broken this uh, perfect fellowship that God was, uh, uh, God was his, uh, uh, his being, uh, his human being. And Brother Bram said in the fellowship by redemption, he said, uh, uh, he said, you don't see the animal embattering himself. He can't even better himself. If he gets any better treatments, 
has got to come from some other source. He doesn't build himself a uh, better house. He doesn't make himself uh, fry his meat where he used to eat raw. It has to be done. He said that there is nothing in him to give him a soul. He said an animal doesn't have a soul, but a man has a soul. And therefore, that soul is a part of God. So God and the human being, they're not just a fellowship on the physical realm. Though we all have a physical, you speak to God, you pray to God. But that's not to the realm that you and God can have a fellowship. And the human being and the God cannot just a fellowship on the spiritual realm either. It's not as to how you cry, that how's your emotion, that how you uh, speak to them, how's your imagination, your reasoning. God um, designed it to the person, people, to fellowship on one realm that is in their soul. Because God made it a human as a being that was a soul. Though there is expression on the surface on our spirit, and all expression we can talk, and all expression that we can think, but to the, in order for God to have the perfect fellowship with the people, it must be under the realm that God created the person name. And all the rest of that is just expression, what is the condition that is in your soul. So that soul is a part of God, and even in its fallen state, yet is the most, the greatest species of all the species of the earth is the man. And then get him in connection with his maker, he become a superman almost. If the man if is not connected with God, and Brother Bramber said, he said, the, until God come into the human heart, a man is not much better than a brute. Though he had a Though he can uh, uh, build, uh, build houses, though uh, he can uh, speak, uh, uh, making a poem or different things. But if the God doesn't get a connection with the people, if God doesn't come into the human heart, that man, Brother Branham said, is just merely another brute. Just can talk, can reason, can imagine. But they're in the soul. Their condition is completely lost. And so he said, then... He said, to get him in connection with his maker, he become a superman almost. Because he's a son of a God. He become acquainted with his maker, with the creator of all things. Then when the man there, acquaintance with his maker, becomes a part of his maker, become back into the fellowship with his maker, every divine word becomes a living reality to him. And he believes it. That's the God wanted the human being to go back to. It's the sin when it had come in. So he takes the human being out of the perfect fellowship with God. Then a human being cannot understand when God talking. And the human being cannot understand when God makes it the whole universe, makes it the great, uh, the galaxy and everything. People, uh, the human being can look at that and I try to figure that out, that all they want to do is just sending some uh, equipment to the moon, try to find a place to live. And in order, instead, they can look at that to see, oh, God created all that. In order to, for them, uh, instead of for them to go, uh, go into the, the forest, that Brother Brandon was talking about, he said he, he just uh, wanted to go to the wood. It's not so much about hunting, but it would go there and just uh, talk with God. He got so much God inside of his soul. Whenever that he looked at it, he looked at it as God is in there. In order for the person to recognize God, they must have a God living inside of them. 
Then they look at the, the things that are on the outside. It's not merely just something uh, just naturally. It's not something uh, just to go to, the, go to the work and then doing their job and then building a house and they're living in there. But everything they saw when God is living inside, everything on the outside, they saw God in there. That's why when they are, they're in the trials, they didn't say just the trial. They saw God is just in there. That's why the one there uh, saw their son and the daughter was a lost and in a wayward. They're not only just merely crying for their coming back. They saw God is in there. In everything that we do, in everything that we saw, we saw God is in the midst of it. Because you got a God so much that everything that you saw, you saw there's a hands of God in it. But it has to have God to bring, it has to take God to bring the connection of the human being to be connected with his maker again. To become, um, to let a, to a, he become an acquaintance with his maker. It's not just an acquaintance with his word. You can be acquainted with the message. If you can be acquainted with the Bible by reading. If God doesn't reveal that to you. If he doesn't bring you in back to the connection with him. That you can talk to him. You can speak to him. And you know he's listened to you. And you know that in your experience. You know God is everywhere. You know God is uh, he's in your life. That when you speak and when you pray. He answers. In the, unless God bring the people into that connection. Or in the prophet's word, become a back into the fellowship. And with the maker. And so then the divine word becomes a living reality. It's not just that you're hearing the preaching, hearing the message. But it becomes a reality to you. And then you can believe every word. That faith starts to kick in. So this is the word of God has said. I don't care what is the environment tell me. I don't, care, I don't care what is the circumstances tell me. But God has said so. It's not that you try to pump yourself into it. You know him so much. You know he wouldn't lie to you. You understand him so much. You know that he wouldn't fail you. Even if he hasn't failed you before. He will not fail you now. He will not fail you in the future. Then the prophet said that but when God ever take his uh, position in the human heart, he said all the reasoning faded away. He said then God become a first. And he become a preeminence in your life. To talk about to let God become a preeminence in our life is not that we try to make this happen. It's God when, he, when you give your heart to him. When you dedicate your life to him, it's because he makes himself real to you. For him to be in the first place, it's just something so natural. And it's just like you love a certain person. And you just love, love want to spend time with him. And when you're, uh, you love your wife you're, or your boyfriend or you love your, your girl, you try to seeking time, seeking opportunity. If there's no opportunity, you try to create an opportunity to happen. Don't want to get that on that one. But that's the, the, the relationship that we with God. You try to do everything. Try to find that at a time so that you can talk to Him. So that you can know, Lord, I want you to become a, more real to me. You know, sometimes we use that word too common. But that's the everyday phrase that I want God to make real, Himself real to myself. 
is that a God is not a real God of Israel, but I want a more of it. It's when I'm reading that message, Lord, I want you to become a more real to me. When I listen to that, I want it to become a more real to me. And in a God's power to transform. Remember, said a son, son, daughter was in God at the beginning. I said, now look, you got eternal life, you say. We believe it, that we got eternal life. Well, there is only one form of eternal life, and that's God. That's the only thing that is eternal is God. Then if you got eternal life, that life that is in you always was, and you were in the loins of God before there even was a world. You were in him even before there was even the world. I would say, and there, God already had a fellowship with you. Because you were in him. Though you were as a seed form, as a thought, but you were in him already. And that fellowship is not just only when it started here. It's there when we were in there that you already in him. But that's not the, the perfect fellowship yet. And listen to what Brother Bram says. It's that you were in the loins of a Jesus and I went to Calvary with him. You died with him. And you raced with him. And today we're setting in heavenly places in him. Filled with his spirit. Sons and daughter of God. Die with him. Risen him in. And sure now that now you can fellowship with him. You couldn't back there because you were just a word in him. A seed. But now he has manifested you. And now he wants you to fellowship with him. Then he came down and was made flesh so he could perfectly fellowship with you. You see, the perfect fellowship. When Adam was in the Garden of Eden, Adam has a perfect fellowship with God already. He's a seed of a God. He was a manifested and God created and put him into the Garden of Eden. And Adam already had a perfect fellowship with him. But why God, why the prophet said over here, he said, uh, now, now you can fellowship with him. He said, you couldn't back there because you were just a word in him, a seed. But now he was manifested to you and now he wants you to fellowship with him. There must be another level of a fellowship even beyond when Adam was a perfect, when Adam has no sin, when Adam have a, absolutely have a perfect fellowship with God. But God must be manifesting you to what you are now in order for you to have a, a perfect fellowship with him. There must have a new meaning of the, the perfect fellowship. The perfect fellowship is not one that we were in seed form that it was God. And even that before the foundation of the world, when God created, laid a foundation of the earth, the Bible said in the book of Job, said in that time, he said that the son and the daughter was shouting for joy. And in that time, we're already in the seed form that in God. And you were a little seed, a little gene that in there. 
But God wants to not just you as a seed form, not just as a gene form, but He wants to create you so that you could have a more fellowship with Him. You're not just made as an angel so that you can shout the holy and the holy and the holy, holy unto the Lord. He created you to what you are now. You are right now in the perfect foundation to fellowship with God. And when Adam was in the Garden of Eden, and though he has a perfect fellowship with God, there's no sin, there's no nothing that's in there to hinder the fellowship. But yet, Adam had certain things that he couldn't fellowship with God. He doesn't know what is the redemption means. He doesn't know what is the healing means. He doesn't know what is the forgiveness is. Though after the sin, he has a tear of a sadness, of sorrow. But he never understand the tear of a joy that he can come back, can be reconciled with his maker. Adam, though as perfect as he can be, but he couldn't have that type of a fellowship with God until he fall. Until sin creeping in. And Adam, let me give you an example. Adam cannot have a fellowship with Eve, though Eve is already inside of Adam. But only when Eve was a God had taken the rib out of Adam, and then God had making a woman out of her, out of the, the, the rib that God had taken it out. Then Adam can fellowship with Eve. Though Eve was inside of him, but he couldn't fellowship with him. Though there's the attributes there. Though there's a longing, there's a yearning. There's a something in Adam. Even God saw, he said, that man you know, to be alone is not good. I'm going to make him a mate. But it's not just that God's created. It's just, just God's longing. That's also Adam's longing too. But he, evil was already in him, but he just doesn't know. But that was already attributes that inside of an Adam, that was a feminist part of it in there. But only when Eve was made out of an Adam, then Adam can fellowship with her. Then he can see, this is flesh of my flesh. This is uh, bone of my bone. Then the fellowship become a perfect. And God is the same thing. Adam can have a fellowship with God on peace. He can fellowship with God on God's greatness. And God created heaven and earth. When the Lord is coming down, that a fellowship with Adam. And Adam can say, how great are thou? Adam can fellowship on that because he was made in an image of God. He said that the greatness, he can fellowship with God. When God was created in heaven and earth, he can fellowship with God. And that when, the, uh, when there's a wind come, and Adam can say, wind be peace. Adam can fellowship on that level with God because he was made in the likeness of a God. And a fellowship, as we said in the beginning, it must be on the common ground. And Adam was made by God and made it as a part of God so he can fellowship on that level with God.
But he couldn't fellowship, as I said, on the saving grace of God. He couldn't fellowship with God on the deliverance. He couldn't fellowship with him on the redemptive love. He couldn't fellowship with him as a slave that was abound, but now was set free. He couldn't settle, he couldn't fellowship that with God when a drug addict and then can be set free and be delivered. He couldn't fellowship with God as an alcoholic that was delivered from his bondage. He couldn't fellowship with God that know under the blood that we can be washed clean. Adam cannot fellowship with God on that. But when Adam was a sin, he fought. Then God ascended a redemption power to him. Then he can fellowship on him. And we are the same thing. Though we were as a seed, as a sod, as a gin that in the mind of a God, that inside of a God, we can shouting for joy when God created heaven and earth. When God laid the foundation there, we can shout it for joy. And when the redemptive plan was, a, when the, uh, the Lamb of God was, a, uh, was a taking a book and a God killed it, we can shout him for joy. But that was in the thought. That was just in the gene form. But now when a reality comes, we can really experience that. And then we can fellowship on that. That is the perfect fellowship. When we were in gym, though we know, but we never experience it. Though we have all know as a gin, as a seed, we're the salt of a God. We know that, but we never experience that. But when now, when you experience the delivering power, then we can fellowship on that. And now when we delivered from alcohol, from the cigarettes, from the drugs, and now we can fellowship with the God. That is the perfect fellowship because I know my Redeemer lives. I would have heard him before, but now I saw them. That's the perfect fellowship that God wants to have with you. He said, then you were in the loins of Jesus and went to Calvary with him. You died with him and you raised with him. And today, we are sitting in heavenly places. This is the fulfillment of it. It's now you can fellowship with him. And you couldn't do that before. And you were just in the word that in him a seed. And then he said, then he come down with the made flesh so he could have perfectly fellowship with you. God could not fellowship in the spirit. So God become a man with us. And when we're talking about a fellowship, fellowship means intimacy. Fellowship also means it's like intercourse. It was a participate. So when we have the fellowship with him, and it's not only just God understands what we're going through, but the fellowship is the two on the same common ground. And then there are two that are in agreement. And that if, uh, if we can fellowship without a believer, can fellowship with a believer. And if uh, we just live with the people in the world, of course you can fellowship, you can be a courtesy, and just to say a good word to them. 
but there's no fellowship there. And because they have the two different, uh, I won't say the two different species, but their understanding was different. And that the way of looking things was different. How long you can talk about the weather? Right? You experience that. And in a world that they're talking about their beer, they talk about their drink, they're talking about their party. You're looking there, oh, I just try to be smart, just try to be polite. You're not in there. They know you're not in there. They're talking about the movie they watch, or you're, some of the young kids that are in the public school there that you try to get in. You just can't get in because you don't know what they're talking about. And you try to be polite, you know, try to do that, but there's no fellowship. But when you're a fellowship with someone, you're on the same subject. And you know, when you're a fellowship with someone, you have the same experience. And the way you're talking about his not just, oh, yeah, 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 I understand. He said, I went through that. I know exactly what you were talking about. And it was not just by word, but by experience. By life that you're going through. And then you both can really communicate. And then you really both, so you can mix together. You can have an um, intimacy fellowship with each other. When God has a fellowship with us, it's not a some, something that he was a great God as a spirit. He lowered himself down so that he can know what we're talking about. He can fellowship with us on the things that we're going through. It's not just that he understands. He said, I lived through that. And I lived through the loneliness that you went through. When I was in the Garden of Gethsemane, I even said to my disciple, can't you just be alert for an hour? But in that time, even though all the disciples had fallen asleep, he went through the loneliness. He knows what is in the darkest night. There's no help to come just by himself alone. So when you go through that, it's not he just as a God. He said, oh, I saw that. I saw that. He said, I went through that. Not only I went through that, I'm living inside of you. So you and me, we went through that again. When you're lonely, I give you the power because not only I understand, I'm inside of you. Let's go together. Let's run through this. I have a power so that we can all run through that. It's a fellowship and not just talking about it, but it's an intimacy. He had a, such an intimacy, he's living it inside of you. When he, has, when, he, when he was just as a spirit, he can understand that he can know he do. But now, when he went through all of that, his word become a uh, the word become a, a, a flesh in it again. Uh, a word become a flesh. Then he can understand that then he go through the things. And now, as the word in the flesh in it again, he's living inside of you, so that he can run through the inside of you. So he commune with you that is through the word that you have received. And he was not just understand, but he give himself to you so that it is him himself living inside of you. And he give you the power so that you can go through. He give you the word that whatever trials that you're in, that he's always there. I was so appreciative, Brother Tim, when you were speaking about He's there when you were in hell. He said he was there. When you were in your trials, that he was there. When you were in your difficulty, he was there. When you were in the darkest hour, he was there. It's not he just uh, see that from afar, but he was there also. 
So when we were in the seed or genuine in God, that is not to the perfection that a God ought to want. It was just a seed. But when that seed was manifested, and it takes on a new meaning of it, you can be healed, you're restored, and then you know that He is my atonement. And you know that He is my Savior. God is a healer. And that was a healer attribute in Him. But no one got sick yet. Though He is a healer, but He can heal nobody. But when there is a sickness, then God can heal. The person, if they ask for the healing, as a seed of a God, we know we are the Word of God. Because if you are part of a God, God is a Word, then you are part of that Word too. But as a seed, you can't be sick. As a seed, you can't fall into sin. As a daughter or son of God, we can shout for joy, we can do, we can do everything that's in there. But until that we come to this flesh, then we really realize what is the redemptive power it is. So there is a redemptive, there is an attribute laid in us to long for the redemption, to long for the healing. Just as a God has an attribute in him, he wants to be a healer. And also, there is an attribute that is laid inside of us, and we want to be healed. And we want to be restored. And we want to have an experience with the Lord. We want to be delivered. That's an attribute in us. Just like an attribute in God that He wants to be a deliverer. Just like an attribute in God, He wants to be a savior. And there must be someone need to be saved. So there is an attribute in us. We're longing for to be saved. But we don't know what to be saved yet. When we were in the word form. When we were in the gene form. That's why God has to put us in the flesh form. So that we are yearning or longing. Lord, I want to be saved. I want to be healed. I want to see God come onto the sin. To deliver me from this attic. To deliver me from this bad habit. To deliver me. To show this power. To show this greatness. Because there is a certain attributes in us just like in God. And I want to be saved. But you see, it's not a list, this is not just giving us an excuse that we try to say, you know, oh, we're just in the flesh. And we're just weak. And I, we, if you're willfully sin, willfully unbelief, that shows that your seed is wrong. But as the seed of a God inside of us, you never want to be wrong. Inside of an inside, you want to be right. But there is a certain character, certain attributes that in the children of a God, they want a further experience with the Lord. So if a person that was a seed, ended with seed of desiring to have a greater experience with God. He wanted a desire for a more reality with God. There's a certain things that are in us, we want to become overcomer. You know, God a fellowship only a fellowship with overcomer. Do you know that a loser only a fellowship with the losers? Losers don't want a fellowship with overcomer. 
because of not making them feel bad. Losers just fellowship with the loser. They just have a bitter party, but overcomer fellowship with overcomer. The word will fellowship with the word. The great of of the God will want to fellowship with the greatest that was in you. The great overcomer, the triumphant, and the conqueror, that which is the God, he wants to fellowship with the one that's overcomer. That overcoming power is already in you. That overcomer of character is already in you. But without a circumstance, how can you overcome? Without the things that need to be conquered, how can you become a conqueror? If you don't conquer, how can you have a fellowship? You wouldn't understand what is the conqueror means. You wouldn't understand what is the deliverer means. But when a circumstance arises up, that the attributes of the leave are already in you, said, I, by the word of a God, will conquer that. But there is a seed that I ended a person that they want to be a conqueror. They doesn't want to sin. They want to be an overcomer and have a dominion that over sin. But Abraham said in the possessing all things, he said, when a sinner can see that you don't have to sin. Lots of people, they sin because they have to sin. You see, there's the sin when it come in to the Garden of Eden and broken this uh, perfect fellowship. But God provided a sacrifice so that the person can go back to the perfect fellowship with God. He said, when a sinner, he said, that's a pitiful shape when you say you have to sin. But when you realize you don't have to sin no more, there's a people that just stand up and curse and laugh in your face and call you an idiot and everything else, they're willfully sinner. He said, see, then there's no hope for them. But the man that does, who does something constantly, they don't want to do it. He steals, he don't want to do it. He lies, he don't want to. He does things he doesn't want to. He don't want to be a sinner. I'll say many times you find out that the people, people who's uh, kind of in that condition, inside of their heart, in their sea, in their, the depths of their heart, they don't want to sin. They don't want to do things that is wrong. But what, what, what does that approve? That perfect in that person, there's a seed there. They might be trampled down by Satan. They might be falling into the, the temptation, the, the sin that in the world has tempted them into them. But inside of the inside, they have a seed there. And inside of that seed, he doesn't want to sin. He wants to have the perfect fellowship with God. He wants to know God in a reality. And Brother Bram said there's a hope for him if you can let him see what is the truth. You know, when I, when I first came into the message, to live, a, to live a life I find out was so hard. Because I know there's a, the word of a God has said, you shouldn't do this. And I tried, I tried. And I might be do, I might did it for a season of time. But eventually, I find out I couldn't overcome it. Eventually, I've given in to it. And I, you, you heard my, uh, my wife's testimony. 
when she was uh, first coming over here, she was a lipsticks and a whatever that a cosmetic is on, on her. But while, while she was hearing the word, she went out there to wash everything clean. But you know, that doesn't last very long. And as the circumstances rise up, when the season started to come to, uh, uh, coming around, and she wanted to uh, go wear the cosmetic again. Why? Because it's not a revelation. Under the atmosphere, and it was uh, taken out of the way from. But when you come out of the atmosphere, if you haven't established a fellowship with God, if you haven't got a connection with God yet, you will go back to the old rotten again. And all you need is not just constantly come back to the atmosphere, come back to the atmosphere, and go back to the same. The reason and the purpose for you to come to the atmosphere is for you to get a connection with God. When you got connected with Him, when you give your whole being to Him, when you totally surrender your whole self and without any reservation, then God takes a hold of you. He takes that desire out of you. And you will become a different person. But it started from that seed. It started from that inside. You said, I don't want to be that. And Brother Bramner, there's a hope for him. If you can let him to see what's the truth. And what is the truth? The truth is that God has to provide you a sacrifice. That you cannot do it by yourself. You cannot do it by you rob yourself or clean yourself. You can't do it. But if you recognize that there is a sacrifice that has already provided for you, then you can do it. If you recognize there is a blood that a Christ has died for you, has shed for you, by receiving his blood, then he can wash you clean. God has to provide you a sacrifice. That is his own blood. But you see, well, that blood has already dried at 2,000 years ago. But that's uh, before the blood, what is that? Before the blood, before the physical blood, of Jesus Christ was the Word. Because uh, in the blood is the life. And the life is God's Word. So before the physical blood, that is the Word of God. And it's the Word of God made flesh and blood that in that hour. But when Jesus died, and that blood was shed, but then the blood go back to the word of God. After Calvary, the blood went back to become the word again. So and then he come as the Holy Spirit and he come as the word where you receive the word that in this hour that God sent the word to this prophet's mouth and then the prophet is spoken and it's not just the word but it's the blood of the same God that you receive it when you hear it and believe it with all your heart. So when you receive it as a word, you actually receive his blood. So he provided that sacrifice. And for you to do that, for you to get clean, for you get to be sanctified, is when you receive the word, then you'll be clean. Then the blood will wash you clean. But Abraham said, then come up to God's promise and lay your face on that. 
and walk out there to the enemy. He just simply can hold it no longer. That's all because that's yours. That is your inheritance. Your inheritance, there's a blessing in there. Your inheritance, there's a joy in there. Your inheritance, there's a peace in there. Your inheritance, there's an overcomer in there. Your inheritance, there's everything that you need. God has to put it in there. And Brother Brahma said, he said, inheritance, by what? By predestination. I inherited something. What inheritance? There had to be somebody leave me an inheritance. Why? You say, Jesus left you an inheritance. He said, I beg your pardon. Jesus never left me an inheritance. Jesus never left you an inheritance. He only came down and paid for your inheritance. Brought you to your inheritance. But your name was put on the Lamb's book of life. Before the foundation of the world, God gave you your inheritance. Everything that you needed, not now God gave it to you. Years and years ago, before the foundation of the world, you already had that inheritance. You already have that inheritance. Everything that you needed, God already gave it to you. When? Before the foundation of the world. When? When you were seed. When you were just a word, when you were just a gene, when you were just an attribute, everything is already in there. But when Jesus died, he purchased that back to you. Everything that you needed, Jesus has paid a price when Satan takes it away. Jesus has paid a price, but it's the blood. He said, now I give it back to you, Eunice. That's why you can be healed. Because you recognize there's a healing power that is in my inheritance. By the word that you receive, when you surrender your whole being to, to him, when you let go, let God take a hold of you, then every promise in God's word, he laid in that seed form, you can claim it. And now you are manifesting it. His blood was shed that I might go to my inheritance. To be what? What inheritance? To sonship. To be a son of a God. And then you can have the perfect fellowship with God. It's every element that is needed is all lace that in that inheritance that God give it to you. But Satan has blinded you, deceive you, so that you don't see it. But Jesus has purchased everything. He paid a price. And every bit of it is all belongs to you. And Brother Brahma said, if Satan has robbed you of the privilege of being a son and daughter of a God, he said, we have a right this morning by the Holy Spirit to enforce the claim of a God. Bring them back. Why? Because you're the original owner of it. You're the original owner of your health. You're the original owner of your son and daughter. You're the original owner of a get rid of that depression. You're the original owner of your peace that God gave it to you. Satan is not an original owner. You are an original owner. You're the original owner of a strong that in faith in God's word. You're the original owner. When? Since the beginning. You're the original owner of a guiltless. Because you never sinned in the first place. 
When you were seated, you never sinned in the first place. When you were attributes, you never sinned in the first place. You are the original owner of it. But Satan take a hold and grab it, become a squatter on it. But Jesus Christ has already paid a price on it. That's a double assurance on that. You're the original owner of a joy that God gave it to you. You're the original one that you can worship a God in freedom. Doesn't have no guilty feeling because you are the original owner of it. Satan robbed you, but he cannot rob your sonship. He robbed your privilege to be a son. When you were son, you were always son. When you were seed, you were always a seed. And seed were manifested in this time. And the seed was destined and must be manifested. Because the seed has a power in it. But Satan cannot rob your sonship, but Satan robbed the privilege of it. He let you not recognize it. And he bluffed at you. He lied at it to you. So that you live always under the privilege that God gave it to you. But you're always a son. But you always have that inheritance. He cannot take that inheritance because you're the original owner. And God is the one that gave you the inheritance. If God gave you the inheritance, how can you let him, how can him let you to lose it? If God gave you the inheritance, how can he take that back? He even put a blood as a price on it that you will manifest that. If he has afflicted you and makes you sick, we have a right before God to enforce the law of God. By his stripes, we were healed. Amen. Bring him back. Turn him loose. You are taking him out of here under death. And we claim him, bring him back. That's the enforcement. Restored it back to his natural condition again. A man is sick, baby is sick, woman is sick. They're out of their natural condition. Then we have a right to enforce our claim. Not our claim, is our claim because God gave it to us. It's not your try to pump yourself to claim it. God said, I give it to you. If somebody give it to me something, somebody take it away from it, he was a squatter. He's the one that stealed from it. And then I have a legal right to bring everything that's back. Do you realize that a sickness is not natural? Your natural condition, Satan dropped you from that. Your natural condition is to be healthy. Your natural condition is to be healed. Your natural condition is to live a joyful life that is before the Lord Jesus Christ. That's your natural condition. But Satan has robbed you so that you have a long, sad face. That you cannot worship God. You cannot give your whole heart to Him. You cannot have a joy in Him. You are the natural, original owner of it. But you see, God allow those things to happen to you. He even allowed that Satan try to deprive that to you. So that you can exercise your right toward it. Because there is a further manifestation 
of that perfect fellowship. He allowed that to happen to you. It's not to give you an excuse to live an underprivileged life. It's not to give you an excuse at all. You know, I'm just a human being. I just have to say that. I just have to do that. If you can realize God has put you in that condition so that you can overcome that condition. And then your experience with God will be enriched. Then you can know Him more in a reality way. You can know Him more, the things that you never know before. But you have to do something when those things just happen to you. When the Satan tried to rob you. And the problem is in the restoration of the bright tree. He said, the only thing you know, have to do, is know how to let go and let God. You keep fighting at it, see, and it will never work. He said, when you let go and let God, that's all. In another word, you have to yield yourself to him. You have to let go first. You have to let loose. And then let God hold you. Maybe I'll just do an example. Since, Michael, you're already here. <laughs> Why don't you just come up? It's a bad choice to sit in the front. You got to pick it every time. I'm sorry, Michael. Okay, just come over here. Well, there's a flower there. Why don't you just hold it this? Okay. Two hands. Fall back. <laughs> Would you want to do that? Would you dare to do that? If you do, there's a lot of paperwork we have to fill. <laughs> I'll say, come on, Michael, let go. You said, yeah, but somebody has to hold me. Amen. You can't let go unless somebody's there. Can I call Jackson here to hold you? That's my grandson. Would you trust him to hold you? You wouldn't do that. What about, what about I get a stronger one? What's your name? Yeah. Oh, David Paul, of course. That's your George's son. What about if I let him? No. <laughs> come on, come on. Come on, David. Hey, I want you to hold it. You wouldn't let it go. So many things that bothers you. So many things that bound you, you wouldn't let go. No, go four. Go right here. Yeah. You just let go and let him hold you. Come on, let go. Let go. Why'd you hold it so tight? Because David might not be strong enough. And then we still got a lot of paper to fill. Let me call Sam. He's your buddy. He's a strong. Further. Further. <laughs> okay. Don't play trick on him. Okay, don't play trick. What about now? Well, maybe. You know, because Sam might be, if his, his hand is not strong enough. What about Josiah? Come on over, both of you. Brother Tim, Lerner, come on over here. Go, yeah, just 
Don't hold him. Just, just let him fall. Just let him fall. <laughs> just let him fall. The word of God said to let go. You're holding too many things. You're holding this. You're holding that. It wouldn't let go. You would say, if I let go, where am I going to find my comfort? If I let go, where am I going to find my joy? If I let go, where am I going to find my girlfriend? If I let go, where do I, how can I get married? I will never get it. Because there's nothing to satisfy you. There's nothing to hold you. But if you have an assurance, though your eye look at there, but if by the word of our brother Murphy said, there is a four strong man right behind you. If you can just let go, close your eye, Michael. <laughs> you four ready? <laughs> I told you, don't play trick, okay? Because otherwise, I'm going to feel a lot of paper. <laughs> Michael, can you trust me? Can you trust my word? Because I control four of them. And they have a power. Lerda is a good volleyball player. <laughs> and Sam is the same. And Josiah is a lawyer. <laughs> and Tim is a teacher. They got your back. Can you just fall free? For, give me a free fall. <laughs> Can you all four do me a favor? Just hold him, put him back to the seat. Yeah, he's already let go. But the Bible said, let go. Let God. You cannot let go unless there's a someone back you up. You come into the church, the word said, let go. But you said, where is God? God is right behind his word. When God said to the word, you can put your whole body that on him said, God says so. I let go. I free fall. I'm not free fall on the floor. I'm not falling back to the world. I'm not falling back to the church. I'm not falling back to some person. I'm falling back to God Himself. You let go. And then you let God. Because God has approved that He can hold you. How many can raise up your hand that said, God can hold me? God has already owned me. You that you haven't raised up your hand, look at all his hand. They have a, have a free fall. They let go of the world and God hold them. God hold them till today. They let go of the drug and God hold them. They let go of their worldly joy and God held them. They let go of the things in the world and God held them. And they let go of the depression. And God held her. They let go of their unbelief. And God hold him. But the team let go of his career. Then God held him. But the Tom let go of the world. Then God held him. Right even today. When Tim let go. When Michael let go of his medical seeking. To be a doctor. God held him. When you let go, 
God will help you. All this person that's sitting over here, they will let go. I let go, and God held me. I let go of the world, God held me. I let go of the world, enjoy God held me. I let go even my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister-in-law, and God hold them. Year and after year and after year and after year, almost the twenties of year. But God held. I let go of my mom. I baptized her. I let go of my dad, and my dad said he believed. I let go of my brother. Just a few days ago, I was a fell. I was having some of his time with my brother, and I was talking with my mom. My mom said, "You know, I never understand." There's a message before. He said, but now there's a message that made real to me. And she said that the message almost like a new science. And it was that the prophet as I said, and my brother take over the phone. He said, Mom, it's not a science. He said, a scientist is an enemy to God. He said, education is an enemy to God. He said, we need to get rid of the science. Just believe on God. When I let go, God take a hold of it. I was thinking, where'd you got that? He listen. You might think he never listen. You might think your son never listen. But Brahma said, for some people, I hate to say this, you're the only Bible they're going to read. They ever read your Bible, read you Bible, year after year after year after year. They listen. Don't you doubt that God is the daring of wisdom. God dealt to the wisdom. God is the dealing wisdom. You just fire and forget, and God's going to take a hold of them. You let go, God will take it over. You let go, God will deal in wisdom. When you don't hold tight, you said, how am I going to have a career? How am I going to have this? How am I going to have that? You fall back onto God's bosom one time. You fall back on his word one time. This is all our testimony that you are watching that. Don't fall on the people. If you fall on the people, people might turn their hands off of you. Then you had a free fall. But if you turn on to the one, you fall back to the one that is great. You fall back to the one that is strong. You fall back to the one that has approved time after time after time. And there's none failing. Nothing failed. Nothing failed him. Then you fall back to the real assurance. Remember said that then the fellowship from God and man was broken by sin. Now God had made a basis and a ground upon which man could remain or retain his fellowship. It was on the base of the shed blood. He provided a sacrifice. Is there any weakness in the blood? Nothing. Is there anything that in the blood it was not a powerful enough to cleanse you? Every sin that the blood can cleanse you. And he said, and that's the only place of fellowship that we have with God today. And the only meeting place is through the blood of Jesus Christ. What you need to do, look and live. God has lifted 
that of the prophet Eliphaz of the brazen, the brass serpent, that in the wilderness people look that he can live. He said, I'll be more sincere. I crawl into it. No. Look. He said, I'm too far. You have to think about that. That brass serpent is in the middle of that camp. The person's distance doesn't determine if they were forgiven or not. A person can ride underneath that pole of the breast serpent. If they don't look at it, they will not be saved. But a person can be as far back to the back of the camp. They can hardly lift their eye. They can hardly see. But they know even the rough direction of where that serpent's at. Though as small as he can be. Though as impossible as he can be. But it's a look and live. You backslider, you look and live. No matter what's fall that you have fallen, no matter how wayward you are, no matter how lost you feel you'll be, but look and live. Is that how clear that you can live? But even in the heart of Lord, that you have a little desire for them, you look and you live. The distance doesn't determine if you're saved or not. The fallen condition doesn't determine if you can be saved or not. No matter how deep and in sin that you are, it doesn't determine that if you're saved or not. If you just believe, if you just look and live. Jonah, when he was in the uh, belly of the well and the dips of the sea, where is the north? Where is south? Where is the south? Where, where is the direction? But he know one thing. That in Jerusalem there is a temple. Physical eye, he can't see one trace. And physically, he doesn't even know which direction in turn. But he just knows there is a promise in there. And the earth is uh, wrong. If I turn to the west, eventually he will come back to the east. The earth is wrong. Even I turn to the north, but eventually he will come around. You just have the same face. Lord, I believe you. Eventually, my face will reach to that word as it said. You let go. You let God. You look to that sacrifice, and that sacrifice will do its work. That serpent itself, a being that was in the form of a serpent, he redeemed. It represented a sin already judged. They see, they see sin, their unbelief. Already under judgment from the serpent from the Garden of Eden. And the serpent was made out of brass, which means divine judgment. God has a judge. Not your sin. Your sin is on that pole, on that brass serpent. God put your sin and everything that you do on Jesus Christ. You just look and live. You said it up too far just to look and live. How to get a fellowship with God? But Ram said, many people have watched my life in the healing campaign. How that the same would take place? Prophet is great. The things that happened in the meeting was so great. There was no impersonation can impersonate. There's nothing can compare it with it. But look at how he did it. How that the same would take place and a prophetic gift and so forth. Just like to tell you how that's been done. That's done through fellowship 
was Jesus Christ. The greatness that has been done in that ministry, that a prophet is ministry, but Abraham said that was done through fellowship with Jesus Christ. No other way, no other plan, no trick to it. Is that something that you played a trick and a, was it something in your slave or things that was some special secrets? No. It's just fellowship. It's just simply plan fellowship. But what is the fellowship? Then, brother, that is take God at his word. The fellowship is not how much you can talk with God. The fellowship is not something you can mumble it out, you can make it poetry, make it things that are pleasing God. He said, just simple plan fellowship, taking God at his word. You want to fellowship with God? Take God at his word. He said, that's too planned. No screaming, no shouting. No something that I feel that the thunder coming down fast. This runs through me. No. Take God at his word. That's the secret of a fellowship. You want to fellowship with God? Don't go to heaven and try to fellowship with him. You fellowship right on earth. Take our Bible to believe it was the word of God that said. Then you have a fellowship with him. When you're in your trial, you say, Lord, you will never leave me right here. Because there is a many affliction to the righteous man. But the Jehovah Lord will deliver him out of every one of them. Then you have a perfect fellowship with him in the word of God right in your trial. God put you in there. So that that part of a character, of the attributes, that of that seed which is you, can be manifested. By what? Fellowship. What fellowship? Believe God at his word. He puts you in that difficulty. Seems that there's no tunnel. There's no lights there. But you believe God as word. Said as God, your unfailing presence will go with me wherever I go. And you believe God on his word in your trial. Then you have a perfect fellowship. God put you in there so that you can have perfect fellowship. That when Adam, when he was a perfect, doesn't even exist. Doesn't even possess. But when God puts you in there, when you stumble... When you feel awake, then the word of a God sort of fellowship with you. Said, where I'm awake, there I'm made strong. Then you have a perfect fellowship with God. He's not only just try to manifest, let you manifest that you be saved. It's not only just to let you be manifest that you can be delivered. Because there is a further experience that God wants you to have. Because he won't have a perfect fellowship. God put us down on this earth and not just to let our sin be forgiven. Not just that, okay, our filthy life, we're not living in that anymore. We become a sanctified, we're, we become a holy, we become a, a saved. That's not the whole purpose. But in that seed, there's attributes that it wants to be manifest even more. Because Christ has said, I'll give you life, 
and a life abundantly. And in that attribute, there is an attribute in that seed that in you, in me, has a character, has an attribute that I want to be an overcomer. Because in every church age, there's overcomer. And in the little sin churches, there's overcomer. That's the word of God. But before that's the word of God, that is a thought. And thought, I am in this thought. And that is my character. That is a, that's the thought of a God toward me. And I'm part of that thought. If I'm part of that thought, when he expresses that word, I'm part of that word. They express the characteristic of this seed, of that seed, that we want to become overcomer. But without circumstances, how can you become overcomer? Without this lazy sin, dark age, how can you have overcomer? Without a lukewarm, how can you become overcomer? So God put you in there so that you can manifest the perfect fellowship by believing the word of God. You and I, we have a character that want to become the overcomer. That's an attribute there in that seed, in that gene that is in God, that's which is we are. And in us, we have that characteristic of the attribute, the gene of God, that he's a savior. I want to save too. Because that's a part of his character. I'm part of the word. I'm a part of him. If he got an attribute, the character want to save, that's why you want to save. It's not you want to yourself be saved, but you want to save your children. That's why we go to Uganda. We go to China. We go to different places. Why? Because there's a certain character of all that attributes. There's nothing else can satisfy. Only the perfect fellowship can satisfy that's why we go to the mission field. That's why you're in your work. You witness to the people. You have the character of to be a savior. Not that you didn't substitute the savior position of Jesus Christ, but there's a character in that seed, just like a character, the attributes of a God want to save. And that's the same character, it is in me, in you, that we want to save. There's a character of that attribute want to be holy. That's a God's character because he's a holy God. And there's a character in his seed that you want to be holy. Not you as yourself who want to be holy, but you want the people around you to become holy. It's not a weird legalist trying to, oh, you shouldn't dress this, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't wear the makeup, but we got a character of God in us. We want to see holy. We know God is a holy. And I know that our children need to be holy. That our congregation need to be holy by the preaching of the word. That's why, because we got in the character of a God that has manifested in his every attribute that he had. Because you are the attributes of God. And there's a further character, it has to be manifested. That's why when we look at a woman that on the half naked on the uh, walk on the street, you turn your eyes. Why? Because there's a character in there. That you want to be holy. If that's the character of a God, that's the character of every his seed. And it's not just to be saved, but it's to be an overcomer. 
and Jesus' blood and make us to heaven as a perfect fellowship. And in you and in me, we have the character and want to overcome sin and overcome sickness and overcome the accusation of Satan to overcome death, to overcome the guilty feeling, to standing firm on God's word and the sacrifice that he made that even unto death that we're not going to move. Why? Because that's the character of the seed. And in the book of Revelation, he said, What are these which are arrayed in white robe? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, This are they which came out of a great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. That is the category of the people that have made their garments white because of the blood of the Lamb. But the blood of the Lamb does not only just wash us white, and he has another category of people. And the book of Revelation chapter 12 and the 10, is that I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. There is a category of a people that are the overcomer. It's not just to wash ourselves clean, but there is an overcomer. They overcome by what? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. They believed the word of a God. Whatever the word of a God has said, I believe it. I'm standing on it. You know, we're living that in this little sin age is the most compromising age. In this age, everybody has their own opinion. And every opinion that it can be right. The one that will give their heart to the Lord or the one who wants to live in a holy life, a dedicated life, is the one that will be ridiculed. But there's no different than the time in, the, in Ahab's time, in the prophet Elijah's time. And if you go back to read it in the Bible, and there is a character called Naboth, then he is the one that has his garden right beside Ahab's king, uh, his palace. Brother Branham said Ahab is a lukewarm, borderline believer. If I would call it, that's the character of this age. It was just a lukewarm. You said he was an unbeliever? He was not totally unbeliever. You said he's a believer? He's not a completely believer either. He was just a whatever come or whatever goes. Just a church goer, just a lukewarm, just on the borderline. And you know, Naboth's vineyard was right beside him. Do you know that a God put your vineyard right beside this lukewarm and borderline religion that was the most predominant character of this age? But God purposely put you there so that you can stand firm on God's word. No matter what other people do, no matter what other people, denomination or church, whatever do, but we keep true to what God gave us an inheritance. And Naboth, when Ahab asked Naboth, said, why don't you just sell your garden to me? Since it's so close to me. You're so close to this age. We're so close to this lukewarm age. Why don't you just sell it out? Why don't you just compromise? But there's a seed in there. There's attributes in there. 
And then Nabal said, God forbid me. I have a seed in there. Even my flesh may be willing to give it in. But I see it in the inside of me. So God forbid me to do that. God forbid me to give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. That's an inheritance that God give it to us. God give me the inheritance of my children. God give you the inheritance of your children. God give it everything that in his word. It all belongs to you. Don't sell it out. Don't give it an end. And the devil, they have tried to say, I buy it. I give you the promotion. I give you more money. I give you more of this. I give you more of that. He said, I don't want to swap. Because that's an inheritance. It's not mine. If somebody give it to me. If somebody give it to me, then I put it in my sacred trust. And I must do whatever that I can to keep that. Because the word of God said, curse be to them that move the neighbors of landmark. How we thank God, God sent it the prophet in this age and it restored the landmark back to us and then he handed it to you and said, keep it. Die with it. No matter how lukewarm the age is, but don't you give in. Don't you give up. Don't you swap. Don't you swap for your job, for your time. Don't you swap for your money. Don't you swap for the relationship. Keep true to it. If you keep true to it, if you stay with it, though you die, God will revenge for you. What made God to send the death sentence to Ahab? It's not his idol worship. It's not all the things that he done. It's the one thing touched the nerve of God when he took the vineyard, the inheritance by deceit. By deceive, by taking it by the violence, by what? By accusation, by false accusation. How does Satan try to do to you? Falsely accuse you. You will never be enough. You will never go to heaven. You just look at your action. You will never be going to the rapture. That's a false accusation. I believe the word. The word is the blood. The blood is the blood for me. I'm not looking at my own. I'm looking at the blood, bleeding word in this hour. And the neighbor stand firm on his inheritance. And that's what God gave it to you. If there's an inheritance, let me finish this. Uh, let a musician can come. If there's an inheritance, Give it to you if you are poor, if you're in poverty, and you cannot hold it, you lost it. Then you need a kinsman redeemer. Then a kinsman redeemer must be willing and able and to redeem what you have lost. That's if you become a poor, that you cannot have it. You cannot do it. That's what we are. Lost in inheritance. Lost in sin. Sin has broken. We're born and shaped in iniquity. And born in a speaking lie. As soon as we are coming into the earth, come into this body, we're completely defeated. 
We complain in a loss of inheritance. But thank God, he sent the kingsman redeemer. He purchased your inheritance. Jesus Christ purchased your inheritance. And he gave it back to you. That you can be guiltless. And a false accusation of Satan is wrong. You overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. No matter how he say to you, you're standing firm on God's word. But if that inheritance was taken by deceivings, by bluffing, by lying down to you, by false accusation, if that inheritance was taken and by that violence about a false accusation to you, then you, all you need to do is to stand firm on that. Said, if I die, I die believing. Brother Michael, I wish you can sing that song. I die to believe it. In my sight, I didn't see it. I die to believe my inheritance. You don't need to be resaved. You don't need that a kinsman redeemer to reclaim for you. It's already yours. Neighbors, that's the inheritance he already have. But Ahab used false accusation to take it by force. But he's standing firm on God's word. Though he die, God said, I lay that burden on him. Because now that Ahab is dealing directly with my word. Because I already give an inheritance to you. And no matter how the Satan tried to do to you, when you have had that inheritance, no matter how Satan tried to swap, tried to do this, a false accusation, but if you're standing firm on that, then it's not you battling with him anymore. It's God who's battling with the Satan. He said, I'm going to kill Ahab. What touched the nerve of God is when they take by false accusation, take it inheritance. If the Satan has used his false accusation and will try to take your inheritance, you die with it. And though the Satan tried to take it out of the way, though the Satan tried to bring tormenting on you, tried to say a lie unto you, say you're not going to make it, but you died on God's word. You believe on God's word. By God's word, he said, my children is my inheritance. Because he said, believe on Jesus Christ, you and your house shall be saved. I'm going to die standing on God's word. And then when Satan take them away, and God said, I'm going to deal with him. And that's what he did with Ahab. That's what he dealt with Ahab's son. So God will say, I will burn them up. And a root and branch, neither of them going to be left at over. Because they touched the nerve of God. If a believer is standing firm on God's word, when Satan tried to accuse you and let you say that you are not going to make it, you're not holy enough, you're not doing this, you're standing firm on God's word. Doesn't care what he said. You believe every word that God has said. Then he would deal with your enemy. And your accusation, he might take it out of the way. And he might accuse you. 
I said, you're, you're just a nobody. You know what you need to say? You're not going to be, don't just go to the God and say, oh God, I need to be re-saved. Oh, I need to be rebaptized. I need to be rebaptized by the Holy Ghost. No. The inheritance is already yours. And devil try to take it by deceiving. All you need to do is standing firm on God's word. Amen. Lord, your word has a say so. And I believe it. And you watch God will come on the scene. Amen. And you haven't done all you could. And God will revenge for you. And whatever Satan temporarily tried to take it away, God will restore to you. He used the depression to take his joy away. God will restore to you. And he tried to use that accusation, let you be falling under his feet, trample you down. But you're standing firm on God's word. God will bring everything that he robbed away from you and get back to you. Because the Lord said, I will request Ahab of the things that he done to Naboth in his plot. Everything that God will give it to you is your inheritance. You believe it. And tonight when you come to the communion, you come with a pure conscience. Had a clean, has been washed by Jesus Christ. Abide his blood to believe on his word. And you come to take it. So Lord, I'm not to go by my feeling. I'm not to go by what I thought that need to be done. Whatever your word says so, I believe that. Let a musician come. All you need to do is like what a neighbor has done. Stand firm. Stand still. And you watch God will battle for you. I know the Satan is an accuser. There is not even one of the here that are not day and night been accused by Satan. By the things that you do. By the that you fall. By the mistakes that you made. By the stumbling that you made. But you do as the Naboth did. Lord, the inheritance that you give it to me. As the kinsman redeemer has redeemed his inheritance. And now there's a squatter, this devil to try to take it out of the way. But I'm standing firm on God's word. Let me die with what inheritance that God was. I'm going to die to believe it. I'm dying to believe the token will hold. I'm dying to believe that God, Lord, you have given my family. I'm dying to believe that you give me my loved one. I'm dying to believe that a revival that you promised to me. I die to believe every word that you ever said so. When you're standing firm on that, you watch the Lord will move on your behalf. Let us stand. Shall we sing a song? Redeem. Redeem. Yeah.
bought, redeemed children of God, I'm sure you are. Just keep in that a perfect fellowship with God. Believing in his word. The devil can do anything, but he can do nothing. Uh, let me just share a little testimony with you. The other day, uh, I was just uh, two days ago, I was talking with a brother in China. And, uh, and uh, you know, the Lord has a little revivals down there. And uh, I, uh, many things I, I, I said I couldn't share behind the pulpit, just for the safety sake of the, the brothers. But he, I, I think I shared it with you that a white jacket brother, and uh, he's, uh, now he become a black jacket brother. And the channel is to do the black jacket. And then he was continually just sharing the word on the website. You know, if you, if you keep true to it, you'll be faithful. Just in your position, in the inheritance that the Lord gave it to you, He's witnessing His witnesses. I'm not a minister, but nobody has a witnessing like Him. Uh, uh, even the ministers, the pastors cannot do that. And He was just witnessing. He was getting into the group chat at the one time, and He get the one, uh, one denomination of the preacher, and uh, He started to witness into Him, and He lead Him to the Lord and to the message. And that minister started to end as a group, and just group after group after group. And just in the last about the two days, there was uh, 14 people was baptized. And we just saw that just by the witness of that brother. You know, if you just uh, in your position, know what God made you, and know that you have, have a perfect fellowship with the Lord. You believe on the word, God will do the rest. And let me just share another. Brother David, he was the one who ministered up in, the, in China there. And he was witnessing, this has just happened also. He was witnessing uh, to uh, one of his, um, uh, the, uh, the house church, the minister there. And uh, the minister just mocking at him and don't believe it. He said, all you know, it's just listening to the message day in, day out. He said, can't you just stop listening to the nonsense? And he said, no, I can't. He said, this is my life. And the, that minister challenged him. He said, why don't you just go back to just read your Bible? And, and he said, I challenge you. He said, can you just don't listen to the message for one week? And the brother David said, you know what? I accept the challenge. I'm not going to listen to the message for one week. 
I promise you. And that minister was so shocked. He said, "You're not going to listen to the message." I said, "No." I take your challenge. I'm not going to listening to the message for one week. But then he turned around. He said, "But I'll challenge you. I'll challenge you to listen to the message for one week." He said, "If I can not, I can without listening message one week." He said, "Why? Why you're so scared about this message?" He said, "I challenge you go to listen to it one week." And the minister was thinking about. I said, "Okay, I'll take the challenge." So he go back and he started listening to the message. And after about one week and one not a week passed, he doesn't call. So Brother David called him by. Hey, he said,、uh, "Did you listen to the message?" And the, 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 that minister said, "He said, yeah." And he said, "What about it?" And the minister said, "Did you, without listening to the message for one week?" He said, "Yeah." He said, "I didn't listen one word." And that minister said, "You know what? I think this is the truth." And it's not over. And then Brother David went to baptize him, and then he's and he was a minister. He started witnessing around, and then he asked Brother David. He said, "How can you survive without listening to the message for one week?" <laughs> then he said. I don't listen to the message, but I never promise I won't read it. He said, "You cheater!" <laughs> That's a believer's food. I'm not promise. I promise I won't listen, but I never promise I won't read it. But by God's grace, a little revival has happened there. If you. If you have that a perfect fellowship with God, you will love this word, and you will give yourself to it. No matter what, and、so、no matter what happens, just keep believing on the word of God has said. Devil is not battling with you. When you're standing firm on God, He's battling with God, and God is going to dis-、uh, destroy him right in your life. I don't have time to share that, but、uh, uh, maybe the next time. But do you love the Lord?、Amen. Let us have with a renewed vision, with a renewed faith, to know that whatever word of God has promised to us, and He will make it and come to pass. And it was a renewed faith and the vision that has come tonight when Brother Michael is preaching, and it given us a whole heart, give us a whole being. Let us do everything to further the kingdom of God. It won't be too long, and before this world will be destroyed. And we'll be made face to face with our dear God. May the Lord bless you. Let's just, let's just sing a. Oh, I think I have another song here.、Uh, how marvelous! How wonderful! Let's sing with the joy and praise our God and worship Him. His words are for all the praise. And this is the only time, immortal, that we can worship Him in this body. And one day we're going to worship in eternity. But as we have this body here, let us make a joyful noise to Him to praise our God. Let's sing all together. Wow.
love him? Brother Joseph, can I ask you, this Joseph, (laughs) can I ask you to come pray to dismiss the congregation? Yes, come please. Let's pray. Precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so grateful, O God, to be in your presence this morning. Lord, what a privilege, O God, that we can sit here, O Father, and hear words, O God, that come straight from you, O God. These are not words from man, O Father. These are words of eternal life, O God. Lord, we consider it a privilege, O God, that we, simple people, O God, but you chose to reveal your word to us, O Father. Lord, what have we done, O God? We have done nothing, O God, to deserve this, O God. We thank you, O God, that you could think of us, O Father, Lord. In your predestination, O God, before the foundation of the world, O God, you thought of us, O God, and you expressed yourself, O God. And here we are today, O God, listening, O God, for the secrets, O God, that were in your mind, O Father. Lord, we thank you for your presence this morning, O God. Lord, how we are so grateful that we can come every time, O God, and every time you express yourself, O God, in a mighty way, O God. You reveal yourself, O God, in a special way all the time, O God. Lord, we're so grateful, O God, that you spoke to us this morning. Lord, you know all things, O God, and we thank you, O God, for using your servants, O Father. We pray that you'd use him more, O God, any other time, O God. And all your servants, O God, in this church, O God, may you inspire them, O God, and so that they can always bring the words of eternal life to us, O God. Lord, we thank you for your presence, O God. Thank you for your word, O God. We believe that through your word, O Father, Lord, the sick were healed, O God. The lost were found, O God. Those who were bound, O God, are delivered, O God, in Jesus' name, O God. We thank you for your presence this morning, and we pray that you'd go with us, O Father, this afternoon as we prepare for the communion, O God. May you bring us back, O Father, Lord, ready, O Father, to do the commandment, O God, that you have given us, O Father. Bless Brother Murphy, O God, and bless his ministry, O God. Bless our pastor, O God, Brother Tom, O God, Brother Ed Biscoll, O Father, Lord. Bless all the ministers, O God. Bless the whole church as we go now, O Father. May your presence go with us, O God, as we commit this service in your hands. In Jesus Christ's name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. God bless you, every one of you. Shake hands with each other until we meet again tonight. And if not, we'll see you in the rapture. God bless you all.